eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So now Posey ranges away, and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe Shasky. Episode 53, 53, the combined points by Stephen Curry and Dante DiVincenzo in Game 7 against the Kings on Sunday. Uh, I know this is a Giants podcast, but we're still kind of cheesing about that Warriors victory on Sunday. And when you think, you know, big performances in Game 7 like Steph Curry did on Sunday, it's hard not to think about another great performance in a Game 7 and that was Madison Bumgarner's back in 2014. Shasky, uh, I'm going to bring you in here with a very unfair and impossible question. Who had the better Game 7, Steph Curry or Madison Bumgarner? <laughs> I mean, one was on the World Series stage. Um, you know, I, I would even put Pablo's three home runs against the greatest pitcher of that time, Justin Verlander. Uh closely behind Matt Bumgarner is clearly the number one, but closely behind him. I mean, Pablo hitting four home runs, three home runs, excuse me, in that game was unreal. I mean, it Reggie was, Jackson yeah. and Babe Ruth, that was unbelievable. And then in terms of like first round, cause I watched a lot of giants playoff series, you know, Hackman Leonard, obviously having a great postseason. That was special. Cody Ross special. That first performance from Tin Lincecum in 2010. Oh, yeah. That right? Was... That, that 15K performance on the same night Roy Halladay threw a no-hitter. Like, that's what I was thinking of in terms of, like, opening playoff rounds uh, performances. That was an all-time was performance. Tone setter. Oh, yeah. It was a tone setter for that postseason yeah. run. Really a, a tone setter for the, the five-year run that we Absolutely. were about to witness. Talk about, you know, just... Oh, first round elimination games, great performances. I kind of think about, you know, Buster Posey's Grand Slam in game five against the Reds. There you go. That was another good one there. But, you know, again, it's just that was that was so fun watching that on Sunday. It reminds you of all the other great playoff performances we have seen uh, from Bay Area teams, especially the Giants. It was just it was just fun to watch, really. It just whenever you see a virtuoso Steph Curry performance like that, we were giddy about it all day yesterday. You know, less so today, you know, because we're moving on to the second round. But we are talking about Giants baseball right now and. While the Warriors did have a great weekend in Sacramento, the Giants, not so much a great weekend in Mexico City. A lot of home runs, Shasky. I think there were 15 home runs, I think. No, yes, 15 combined home runs, eight for the Giants, seven for the Padres over the weekend at a stadium that was, you know, 2,000 feet above Coors Field. You know, just 
seeing the Giants go to Denver is enough to to give me anxiety. This was like Denver on steroids. Uh, what did you think? Just you know, right off the bat, watching all these these two games in uh, in Mexico City. I don't understand all the crying. I enjoyed it. It's something different. Like you're telling me that Yankee Stadium in April, when it's 40 degrees, plays the same as it does in the middle of July. No, it doesn't. Now, it may not be as home run crazy, but it's certainly not hitter friendly. You know, AT&T Park on a Tuesday night when it's 46 degrees and blustery and the marine layer is thick and heavy. You think the ball's traveling? Like, we're all crying about this. I'm not. I don't think you are. But I saw Sean Estes crying about this. And I'm like, Sean, shut up. You play <laughs> baseball at Candlestick as a pitcher. Do you know how much of an advantage you have? Like, I don't expect things to be all equal. And here's the irony. Giants had as many home runs um, uh, uh, opportunities as the Padres. So I'm tired of hearing it. I knew the Padres bats would be woken up. I love that we're growing the game in Mexico. It is a baseball-starved country that truly loves it. I wish we could do more things down there. Okay, maybe you do the humidifier or move the fences back a little. Like, stop crying. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. The atmosphere was great. Why does everything have to be a bitch session for everyone to complain <laughs> and cry because their team got the short end of the stick? I, I see. I'm, I'm not totally on board with what Essa said, but I, it was fun. It was fun seeing all the home runs. The offense, that, that field played really fast too. Of I mean, you saw balls. they were skittering across the ground. The idea of having to watch a team play 81 games there. That, that, that I agree with. That would be pretty brutal to watch. I think for a quick, you know, weekend getaway, I think that works. I saw people, you know, tweeting over the weekend, you know, who cares about the home runs? Yelvation. We need to get a team in Mexico city. It's the home runs are what it's all about. No, that would going to Denver is tough enough to have to go to Mexico city on top of that. Like RIP, all pitcher ERAs. No one would want to pitch there. I think it was a good, it's, it's good for a fun weekend as far for a team playing up that high of an elevation. It, it would just, it would, it would, I feel like it would not work out long-term. One thing maybe I would like to see there. How about an all-star game and a home run derby in Mexico? That would be city? fun. I mean, see, we thought a home run derby that. in Colorado was crazy. Imagine adding another 2000 feet of elevation. I mean, yeah. Manny Machado hit a home run to right field on Sunday. It was 98 miles an hour off the bat. Sam, Sam, why why is there so much crying in baseball about things have to be uniform? The dimensions aren't uniform. Every ballpark plays different. We're not all at sea level. You know, like I don't understand this, this, this crying and complaining from the the baseball fan that everything must be equal when nothing's equal. Like nothing is equal. They were using, they were using home run bowls for Aaron judge last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's. I mean, yeah, nothing's obviously equal when it comes to baseball. That's fine. It's one of the only sports where you know all the dimensions are different, all the ballparks exactly. play They're different. All using different. But there bats. is a line I feel, and I feel when you get so far above sea level like that, it's just it. It creates such a. It creates almost too different of a dynamic there. That so do you think that like was, Salt Lake City shouldn't have a team because of elevation concerns? Well, isn't that, well, Salt Lake City? It's right around a mile above uh, Denver, isn't it? I yeah, feel like, they, like where Denver is at a mile above sea level. I feel like that's that that's your ceiling for yeah, lack of a better word. Rock, like any anything above the made a championship. Line. What was that? They made it to a World Series. Oh, yeah, like they're, they're acting like they're at a competitive disadvantage. I I, I don't know. It would, I feel like it'd be tough on really really tough on. Oh, that I agree with. It yeah, would be like very difficult to field a team. Yeah, I mean that I think that right there is the problem as to why maybe you would not want to go to Mexico City for a team full time because when you have a, a situation where. You know, like no if building a t- if building a team is going to be that difficult because of the location. I feel like you know what, maybe not Mexico City. There's probably other places in Mexico that are probably closer to sea level, perhaps. 
um, where you do it. Maybe it's a dome stadium. Maybe it's a humidifier. Really? Hey, baseball in Mexico, is it possible? I'm sure it is. Seeing it in Mexico City over the weekend, I feel like it would be almost like too much of a good thing. Maybe too many home runs, too much high elevation. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I know. No, I Maybe just, I'm raining I, on the parade here a little no, bit. I just don't understand why everyone has to, like, the fair police need to come out for everything. It's a two-game <laughs> series. And if they built the division in Mexico, it would be freaking awesome. And you would want to visit to go see a, a road series of the Giants playing against the Tijuana whatevers or <laughs> the Mexico City whatevers. Like, I don't know. I'm all for it. I, I think this is this is an opportunity and a lane for them to, to figure something out. I don't know. I, I I am not opposed to it. I think everybody bitching and crying and complaining. There are smart people that can figure out amicable solutions. And again, I keep going back to if you think the Arizona Diamondbacks, their stadium in July plays the same way that AT&T does in the middle of May on a Tuesday night, you're tripping. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah. Well, again, it was... Again, still still t- two fun games. It was nice to see the Giants' bats wake up. Unfortunately, the pitching, uh, I almost feel like you got to put an asterisk over uh, the pitching stats from this weekend because these pitchers got lit up. And it was it was just a rough time on the mound uh, for the Giants' pitchers. Sean Manaya took the start in that Saturday game. And he that start was even rougher for him than for most guys. He took a 107-mile-an-hour line drive off the knee. You could see the amount of pain he was in just watching it. I mean, he was he was kind of shaking the trainer off. He was just really all up in the feelings about getting, you know, the, the fastball right off the knob of the knee it looked like there. And he still stays in uh, and tries to fight through it. That was, it was I guess, admirable to kind of watch him cut through that. At the same time, he's, he's pitching. You're just like, ah, the, your, your leg's hurting for him. Uh, another kind of a positive, though, that we saw this weekend was we kind of saw Mitch Hanniger finally yeah. arrive. He got his first couple home runs here. Uh, he's finally kind of, you know, take more of a presence in the middle of that lineup. Some the Giants could really use if they are to kind of reverse kind of this this new four game losing streak that they're on right now. Boy, you know, watching Mitch Haniger this weekend, I was like, I could see it. I see what they see. Like Conforto, I've seen what they see. Like those are nice acquisitions. Just wish they had some center of the order, uh, you know, stud that you could surround these other guys with. Like to me, Haniger is a perfect five hitter. Like in an ideal situation, if you had Buster still, or maybe you land Correa at the top of the order, or you landed Aaron Judge, or you know, one day do uh, Mauricio uh, Marco Luciano comes up and he's that that clear number three or number four hitter. Like those are the kind of guys you could suck supplement with some sort of a superstar player in the middle of the order. Like I like him. I like Mitch Haniger. And I feel like it's kind of been like the butt of the jokes. Like, oh, Mitch Haniger is going to bring him out to the ballpark. It's like, Sam, he's a he's a good player. Yeah, he's not going to drive guys away from the ballpark. But yeah, he's just he's not a marquee name. It's 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 hard to sell Mitch Haniger as a marquee name. But that, Agreed. you know, as long as, you know, it, it, he can't be that presence in the middle of I do agree with you. That five spot, I think, would be perfect for him. Who handles Six that four spot? I know J.D. Davis has been there a little I bit like of times. J.D. Davis? J.D. Davis in the four spot, I do like a lot right now. But, yeah, I think, yeah, once you could 
Haneker does kind of feel maybe miscast being yeah. leaned upon as, as a cleanup guy. But again, this is the same well, organization like that one. This is the same organization that once had Benji Molina hitting cleanup. And exactly. it's like, yeah, that's all right. You know, Ray Durham right. was once the upon a hey, time day cleanup hitter. Maybe the, the Giants just have a cursed history with cleanup guys. It seems like it. They haven't really had, ever since Bonds. I mean, even Buster Posey as a cleanup guy, it miscast. never really. He was miscast. It never yeah. really felt right there. The Giants again. It's 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 a continuing search for cool. again replacing legends you're they're trying to find a new left fielder since bonds trying to find a new catcher now they're trying to find someone else who can handle that four spot in the lineup and it just does not look like it is mitch hanniger but it's might he might be him and jd davis probably the best options right now uh for the foreseeable future and i think this reinforces this my belief Farhan is good on the outside the box thinking acquisitions like, you know, uh, shoring up things with a budget with, with a small budget. The, the question is, is not like, can he can he find, you know, a five hitter and a six hitter and can he find a three and a four hitter like that's mm-hmm. either in his own system or via free agency or through a trade and that you're incomplete. Like, yeah, we don't I judge think, you on the drapes. I judge you on the foundation of the home, of the kitchen, I, I of, feel like the, that of is, the bathroom. I feel like that is kind of the goal here. It's like they want to find, you know, Hanegers and Confortos. They want to find those guys on the open market. But when you do find that big bopper who could sit in the middle of the lineup, I my guess is they are hoping that is going to be internal. They do hope that it's yes. going to be a Marco Luciano or even a Grant McRae or a Vaughn Brown. Someone has to come up internally and be that big bat in the lineup because i mean the last couple years with free agency you had carlos correa the last two years aaron judge bryce harper like big time sluggers like that i know we've seen a lot on the market in the last few years it they don't happen it does not happen very often very rarely do you see legitimate four hitters hitting the open market in the next few years i mean the best hitter you're probably gonna see on the open market in the next couple years might be matt chapman and that's not a he's not worth the money yeah and so he, the Giants, they're going to have to, you know, right. develop their uh, their their four spot internally. One spot in the lineup that I'm really kind of liking right now, Shasky, is the uh, the top two spots in the order. Uh, we've talked about Tyra Estrada a lot. He's been awesome. I'm I'm really liking Lamont Wade Jr. a little bit more now in the one spot. That one two punch of Lamont Wade Jr. and Estrada to lead off games. It's it's kind of working. I know we kind of get on Lamont Wade for he walks too much. He doesn't get enough hits. But you're looking at kind of the production, the numbers that he's putting up right now. It's very similar to what he put up uh, in 2021. Uh, it's just been only 73 plate appearances this far so far this year in the one spot. He's hitting 259, 16 walks, and four home runs. Uh, the the strikeout rate's a little bit down from 2021 when he hit. 266 in the leadoff spot. He had 16 home runs. The big difference, though, he had 22 walks in the leadoff spot in 21. He has already the 16 walks this year. He's seeing the zone better. He's striking out a little bit less. You're seeing a little bit more power. I, I would like to see a little bit more contact to, to uh, offset the lack of speed. I believe Sunday uh, he had him over. He had you drew the lock. Estrada hit a hard sh- uh, single to right to uh, Tatis out there, and Lamont Wade he was thrown out at third by Tatis because he just he doesn't have that first to third speed. I think you need a little bit more contact from him to offset that lack of speed. But other than that, I think you might have solid you know leadoff uh, one two punch right there. Yeah. The- <sighs> I know that Wade's been walking a lot and his OBP is excellent. I just, he's not a bat on ball, run the basis kind of a guy. Like he's not prototypical to me, Uh, but I do believe he's making the most of his opportunities and it's good to see him round into form. I just, 
I love Estrada. I would love a more speedster version of someone like Lamont Wade Jr. Yeah. That's just me. The way I would like to build my team. You're talking about ballpark con- construction, you know, going first to third, stealing bases, like the whole league stealing bases, but the Giants, it feels like. No, the Giants are not big on the stolen base. And maybe they can get a little bit creative here. Maybe it's a situation where you use that nine spot as an extra leadoff spot. Maybe you throw Austin Slater in there to get a little bit more speed at the bottom of the lineup to put in front of Lamont Wade Jr. So that when the lineup turns over, you got a little bit more speed at the bottom. Maybe they can do a little bit something like that. Uh, really quick before we move on, though, uh, mm-hmm. we do have a quick injury, a couple injuries we need to get into. Mike Yastrzemski and uh, Brandon Crawford both hitting the IL. Cal Stevenson and Brett Wisely were called up. Probably going to see a lot more Brett Wisely in the outfield now to take Mike Yastrzemski's time. But, uh, man, seeing Yaz go down after the start of the, the season he's had, it doesn't sound like it's going to be an awful injury. It doesn't sound like it's going to be out for too long, but three, four weeks, possibly a month, it, just horrible luck for Yaz. Yeah, uh, I I just the guy watching him come in on that ball. I knew right away he was hurt. And I and I just I feel really bad for the guy. I really do because um, he was really playing well. And I think this is an injury that's going to really hurt them. He gives them tremendous defensive strengths up the middle when they're not the greatest defensive outfield, um, even though I do like Conforto in the in right field like the. They're in for some trouble here. I don't think this is a week's injury. I think this is no. a month's injury. And I think that they're downplaying it right now until they get further information. I'm really worried about this yeah. one. And it sucks because it did feel like Yaz was turning the corner. Yeah, the, the early uh, the early reports are it's a grade one hamstring strain. Doesn't seem like there should be any surgery there. But hammies are tricky. It's going to take a while. And a big part of the Giants' offensive strategy is being able to have Slater and Yastrzemski kind of platooning out there in center field. Slater handles the righties. Yaz handles the, or sorry, Slater handles the lefties. Yaz handles the righties. That's why I think you'll probably see a little bit more Brett Wisely. He hit 289 in the minors against righties the last couple of years, but his bat needs to come around and see the major league pitching. We'll see what Cal Stevenson has, but it, it, that is a devastating injury for the Giants to have to deal with right now. 